You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Going solo here from the 7.30 The Game ESPN Charlotte Essex Home Studios. So I host the wake-up call. I get done with it. No, I have to record the podcast. Wait about an hour or so, do some prep, kind of get the show together. And I'm sitting, and we have a really good view of Moorhead Street. We're right on Moorhead Street, across from Bank of America Stadium. Very cool, but oftentimes you get people who get stopped at the traffic light that is also right in front of the station. So with this view, there are cars that get stopped right in front of us, and you can see the people in them, and sometimes they'll wave, and there are some interactions between us. So just now, (laughs) the way I start my podcast is a guy that stops at the traffic light, Honks at me, and I'm kind of disoriented. I'm about to start the show. I mean, this just happened. About to start the show, guy honks at me. I've got my headphones in, so I I barely even hear the honk. I I look at him, and he waves to me, and I, all right, say, what's up, man? How are you doing? I give him a little bit of a nod, and then he holds out his hand, and it comes from under the window, so then I can see it from his car window, and the guy is passing me a blunt. (laughs) You want to hit this? Here's a blunt, man. Do you want to hit this? And I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to, I'm like, oh, no, I'm cool. That's good. I'll wave him off. And that's how we're going to start our podcast off today. We're going to start off the show with me getting offered if I wanted to take a hit, kind of like what Jimmy Butler did on the bench with that famous gif going on. Basically just tossed it to me. Hey, you want to take a hit? No, nah, man, I'm good. And then he was like, all right, and he drove off. And the timing of the light could not have been any better. It was green at that point when I waved him off, and he was good. So then he went about his day, I went about mine, and that's how we're going to start our show. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, it's every day, and it's local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can check us all out on Twitter, at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson, LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms, at Locked On Hornets. It was real. Like, it was absolutely a legitimate blunt that he was passing me. I was like, all right, man, you're very liberal with just kind of throwing that around here where there is some decent traffic, but who am I to judge? I'm just going to wave you off and I'll give you a tip of the cap and we'll move on. Speaking of giving a tip of the cap, we're going to see if the Charlotte Hornets are going to give a tip of the cap to Frank Kaminsky and send him on his way. Sean Devaney of the Sporting News comes out with a report that Frank Kaminsky is growing, quote, very frustrated with the situation as it seems the Charlotte Hornets and Frank Kaminsky's conversation of a potential buyout have stalled. Any conversation has stalled at this point. Now, we got a report at the end of the NBA trade deadline when there was presumably no offers for Frank Kaminsky. It seemed like they had been at least talking about buying Frank Kaminsky out. Would have made some sense, if maybe not for the Charlotte Hornets, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but whatever, right? Frank Kaminsky, it makes sense that Frank Kaminsky would want out. A lot of people believe he never wanted to be here. I don't know if we can be so sure to say that, but it does seem that Frank Kaminsky wants out, and I imagine a lot of people would if they weren't playing anymore. But Sean Devaney in this report goes on to say that he's, again, very frustrated with his situation here in Charlotte, and he goes on to discuss how there's only been Basically, that one month, that one three-week stretch, as Devaney calls it, of where he was actually a part of the rotation, and he's gotten a ton of DNP CDs, just a ton of them. Even in garbage time, remember, we were talking about this, thinking that the Charlotte Hornets might just want to save Frank Kaminsky's value. 
when there was a lot of opportunities in garbage time for Frank Kaminsky to play, whether it was the Hornets who had a big lead or vice versa, Borrego still wouldn't put Frank Kaminsky in there because you knew what little value he had. It was a body that hit 38% from three last season. That's what you had in value. And so you also have a smaller contract if you want to put that there, which is no small thing. So if you want to put that out there, then fine. But if he was injured, then nah, no thank you. Posing teams, we're good. We don't need to bring Frank Kaminsky on this team. And it seemed like that was the case. You look at the Charlotte Hornets side for not wanting to buy him out. They don't want to do it because they have what they consider depth issues at the big man position. Sean says, quote, from the team's perspective, the reluctance to grant Kaminsky a buyout stems from concerns about depth. Charlotte has Cody Zeller in the starting slot at center. Bismack Biombo has lately gotten the bulk of the backup minutes, replacing Billy Hernan Gomez. So you see all three of those guys kind of ahead of Frank. It, it's not that you have a whole lot of depth in a positive way at the center position. It's not like you feel good about any of those guys getting serious minutes. I think we gave Bismack Biombo some credit for coming in in the absence of Cody Zeller, but it's not like this is a guy that you want to give a significant portion of the game to, a significant portion of the minutes at that position to. But I, I understand, I guess, from the Charlotte Hornets' standpoint that they'd rather have some depth. Here's where it all comes unraveling. Whether you like Frank or not, and whether you agree with the way that he's gone about his business here, I think, again, we can understand that Frank Kaminsky would not want to be on a team that does not play him. Whether you think that's his problem for not putting in the work, whether you think that's his problem for focusing too much on the podcast, not spending enough time in the gym, or just that he sucks and he has to deal with what his athleticism, what his basketball talent entails. I understand if you think all of that, you would have to imagine, though, that Frank Kaminsky would have went out of this situation if he wants to play, and you don't want to go to the NBA just to sit on the bench. I can understand all of that. But we get to a point in the article, fairly early, where Sean Devaney puts something in, quote, ahead of the trade deadline, multiple teams offered players and picks for Kaminsky, but the Hornets turned down all potential deals as soon as, as I read that sentence, I was like, all right, I know the sources for old Sean Devaney. Not that you had any kind of question before. Sean Devaney of the Sporting News, fine reporter. This is nothing against Sean. This is what his sources are telling him. Any reporter in this situation would be putting this out there. You go by what your sources tell you. I'm cool with him putting this out there. I mean, there's nothing against Sean. But we know that Sean Devaney has been reporting on the Frank Kaminsky drama. At least, maybe the situation would be better term, but it seems like there could be some drama growing. Sean Devaney has been the guy that's been reporting at this first and foremost. We saw Shams have a lot to do with breaking any of the talks that have been going on between Memphis and Charlotte. And then we've seen Sean Devaney come out with some of the other Charlotte stuff. So he has a source somewhere in the Spectrum Center. Now we understand, I think, that it's coming from Frank's party. It's got to be Frank's agent. Or it's got to be Frank Kaminsky. And those are the two guys that you have, or a very close friend of Frank Kaminsky. It's coming out of his camp. Because all of this, the Hornets, he said, turned down any kind of request that he had for a comment. So the Hornets didn't want to comment on this. 
I mean, you know what the source is for Sean Devaney. As we kind of question Woj sometimes, you know those are coming from NBA agents because of all the information that he gets, and it just makes sense. So, again, we know Sean Devaney is probably getting this information from either Frank Kaminsky or Frank Kaminsky's agent. And I would imagine it's an is it agent just because of the wording that he used. Kaminsky was described as very frustrated with the situation. Yeah, you can, you can at least – I'm going to speculate. I'm going to guess that Kaminsky's agent is in the year. And, of course, this only does better for Frank Kaminsky, acting like there are teams that are actually interested in him. But there's no way that multiple teams actually offered players and picks for Kaminsky. You're telling me that Mitch Kupchak, a guy who will be just fine taking on a couple of second-round picks, and Devaney uses plural here, picks. Now, maybe it's from a couple of different teams involved, but... I would imagine Mitch Mitch Kupchak would take on a couple of second-round picks. And remember, he lost some trying to get up to get Devontae Graham. So if you're telling me that you did not want to trade a guy that gets zero playing time for a couple of second-round picks, a second-round pick, a legitimate reclamation project, or somebody that is of equal value to a lot of people's eyes and Frank Kaminsky, I have a hard time buying it. Let's say that there actually were a couple of trade offers. Let's say that there were maybe one or two, which, again, I'm not buying. I think Mitch Kupchak would have taken the bait on that. But let's just say that they were. They had to be crazy low. They had to be crazy low for you to say no to them. So if it's a second-round pick and <laughs> we're going to protect it, top 55, like no, I wouldn't make that trade either. I wouldn't do it for a second-round pick that's top 55 protected just to get off of Frank Kaminsky. I'd would try to find more value. As much as we like to joke about his play, there has to be more than that kind. So anything of real value that the Charlotte Hornets were getting offered, according to this piece, it would have called for you to pull the trigger on any type of trade. So I'm interested to see how this situation is going to be dealt with by the Hornets. And if you want to put the spin, like as far as Frank Kaminsky goes, Like, I was a guy that defended Frank Kaminsky for a long time. I thought people were crazy hard on him. People want to give up on prospects if you don't show something right out of the gate immediately. They're done with them. I didn't think he was great. I wasn't defending the fact that he was an amazing basketball player. It's just, oh, he's not good right now. Let's get rid of him. You know, and people wanted to get rid of him by his sophomore year in the league. And so it takes time for these players to develop. We've seen stretches from him. There have been moments from Frank. We can go back to the beginning of last year. Frank Kaminsky came out crazy, was efficient, played confident. And this was somebody that actually gave you a stretch. And I remember, I think it was the second half of the season two years ago, and then he got his shoulder injured in Phoenix. I feel like that probably did hurt him a little bit after he had been playing for a decent stretch, been playing pretty well. There have been moments. There have been stretches. It has not come long enough. The numbers suggest that he has not been a very good basketball player offensively and defensively. I felt that it was important to give him more time than just the year and a half that people had given him before they completely wrote him off when they were completely done with him. But now... There's been enough time, and we'll continue to talk about the Frank Kaminsky situation as well as maybe look at a positive note about the Charlotte Hornets schedule. A lot of negatives have been pointed out 
by looking at the Charlotte Hornets post-All-Star break schedule. But I'm here to at least give you a positive. It was too dreary yesterday when we were talking about it in the past couple of days. I'll take a look at the positive and see if there's any reason that you should look favorably upon at least some portion of the schedule that the Charlotte Hornets have coming up. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with more here. Plenty more on the Frank Kaminsky buyout, stalled conversations that Sean Devaney has reported, talking about the schedule. Also, top 100 quotes of the NBA. It was released today on Yahoo Sports by his annual column, Alex Wong. Fantastic. Going to get to that in segment three. It's all right here on LOH, Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. And I'm, I have plenty of hurricane snacks. Went out and bought some Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah. Which What kind of Chex Mix? This savory. Matters. It was a savory Chex Mix. It's you're a, an, a lot you're, of cheese going on in that Chex oh, Mix. You're an expert on Chex Mix, correct? Right? Well, I, I'm, trail mix. I'm very particular about my trail mix. I'm what not as particular, particular about, about my Chex Mix. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. Again, that's patreon.com slash LOH. Thanks again for joining us here. Walker Mail riding solo here today. Hopefully Nada and Doug will be able to participate with us sometime next week. I want to talk about Frank Kaminsky just a little while longer before we look at some things the post-All-Star break schedule for the Charlotte Hornets. Just looking at Frank again, continuing our conversation that Frank Kaminsky is frustrated because there's no buyout conversations being held at this moment, reported by Sean Devaney of the Sporting News. And you look at Frank Kaminsky and what he's done, even the first three full seasons in his time here with Charlotte. He's only appeared in 26 games this season, only 20 games where the actual minutes were relevant. You look at cleaning the glass, which is the stat... It's the stat site used to negate any kind of stats that were accumulated in garbage time. And so it's important to note that Frank Kaminsky, when actually getting relevant minutes in the first three seasons of his NBA career, had a high effective field goal percentage in any one of those seasons of 48%. And at his position, that put him in the 25th percentile, his rookie season. The second and third year that he was in the league, He was in the 14th percentile, and he was in the 17th percentile in effective field goal percentage in all the time accumulated, not counting garbage time. You look at three-point percentage, he actually did pretty well last season. 38%. The 70th percentile among all people at his position in the NBA, and again, we're negating garbage time. That's really the only stat that he's given you where Frank Kaminsky had any kind of promise. You look at Frank Kaminsky shooting the three-ball well. He's certainly the best three-point shooter out of all of the players that you have. Billy Hernan Gomez has a good percentage, but he doesn't shoot at the volume that Frank Kaminsky does. And so Frank Kaminsky gave you that last season. But there's been too many times where in, in relevant minutes that Frank Kaminsky has played, It's just been somebody that he haven't been able to depend on. Certainly consistently, somebody that's battled confidence issues, self-admittedly in his regard, 
Frank Kaminsky let it be known that he quit Twitter for a while. We've talked about this frequently. It's kind of a known thing with Frank Kaminsky. I have some sympathy for him in that regard. I'm not here to just clown the guy just to simply clown him. That can get rough. When you go here and you have a tremendous college basketball career, he was kind of a goofy guy. I remember some draft coverage of him. It's a guy that I think there are some likable traits about his character. <laughs> oh, he's a funny dude. I think people have gone at him the wrong way in a lot of examples. But then there are just times where Frank Kaminsky fires back on Twitter, and then it's like, Frank, I try to help you out, man, and then you do this stuff. You know, he's allowed to be frustrated and one out of a franchise, and I'm not even going to put out that this is somebody that didn't want to be here in the first place. I think that's incredibly hard to know. You know, how in the hell do we know if Frank Kaminsky never wanted to be here? There might be some things that you want to speculate about. You might have your boy tell you, but I haven't seen anything about it. I haven't heard anything about that. Like, I think Frank wanted to succeed here in Charlotte. I think he worked hard. I'm not going to say that anybody in the NBA, there, there might be some players. I'm sure there are some players, but I'm not going to say that Frank Kaminsky didn't work hard. It's just a guy that didn't really pan out with Charlotte. The biggest problem I ever had, and I'm not going to revisit it. We've already talked about it. Not in detail anyway, but the biggest problem I had was his podcast with Barstool where he tweeted out a poll that I thought had misogynistic tones. Didn't make him specifically a misogynistic man, but I thought that poll that his podcast that he was associated with I thought that poll was misogynistic. So that was my biggest problem, especially with Frank and his response afterwards. But now you look at Frank Kaminsky, and it's just a thing. It's just a guy that has not worked out with the Charlotte Hornets. And I think it's probably time to move on. You know, if you're the Charlotte Hornets, I can understand that you might want him for depth, but I don't really see a huge deal in letting him walk. If you're one of these people that doesn't want to set the precedent that it's okay to let Frank Kaminsky and let players demand their buyout, demand that you move them. Now, I understand that to an extent, but in the grand scheme of things, I really don't think Frank Kaminsky doing that is all that big of a deal. I think there is a line that you can draw in the sand with certain players that you would have on this basketball team where you would say no to. And Frank Kaminsky is a guy that just doesn't get any playing time. If you want to let him walk, I don't think that would be the biggest deal in the world. Just buy him out if it's that big of a deal. And if you are if you are that concerned about your depth to where you want a guy like Frank Kaminsky on your bench, he didn't get much playing time even when Cody Zeller was out. So I'd be just fine if you wanted to buy out Frank Kaminsky just to move on from it and make both parties kind of go away from each other. And it's probably the best situation for everybody involved. All right, let's take a look at the Charlotte Hornets post-All-Star break schedule, what they have coming up. We've talked about it. You've heard about it a million times. The Charlotte Hornets have the second toughest schedule post-All-Star break of any team in the NBA. There are some teams that have some tough schedules that the Hornets are competing with. Brooklyn is third. You look at Miami, they're seventh. But Orlando has the third easiest schedule. Detroit has one of the easier schedules that they're going up against. I think it's like 22nd or something like that. So you've heard all of that. We talked about it a couple of days ago. There is something good about what the schedule brings for the Charlotte Hornets. You can remember us discussing all the road games that they had in the second half of the season once you got to game 42. And how once you got to January, there was going to be a really tough road for them with road trips, right? I mean, they had the six-game road trip. That came in early January, and that was what we were all looking for. There was another three-game road trip in late January. 
there was a four-game road trip at the middle part of February where they just ended before they went to All-Star break. So there's a lot of road trips. You got a lot of those out of the way. You only have you only you have two four-game road trips left on the schedule. The good thing about it is the Charlotte Hornets have 13 home games compared to 12 away games. So that's the positive. You don't have more road games than home games going up with you this time. And the Charlotte Hornets at home have been very good. The Hornets have been as bad on the road as some of the worst teams in the league. They're only 8-21 and 21 on the road. But at home, they've actually done a pretty good job. They've only had nine losses at home. You look at their record overall at home, it comes out to be 19-9. and nine. So compared to only eight wins on the road, they have taken care of games that they played in the Spectrum Center. And so when you look at 13 games coming your way at home, maybe that is some reason for some optimism. No, it seemed like the playoff chances are dwindling, and it was a bad way to end the pre-All-Star break. But post-All-Star break, at least you have more home games. It is a tough schedule, but when you look at who they're playing right out of the gate, it's the Washington Wizards. That's certainly a winnable game. John Wall's not going to be there. They gave up on Markeith Morris, so now he's going to sign with the Oklahoma City Thunder. You got Brooklyn, who they've already beaten at least once. That was at home. They had the double overtime game on the road, and that was a killer. But that was on the road that they lost. Then you have Golden State and Houston. You're going to tab those up as losses. But again, you got a couple more games against Washington. You have a game against Miami, which you already have at least a two-game lead on. You have a game at home against Miami and on the road against Miami left. Like this is still this is still a team that maybe we got a little bit too melancholy on. <laughs> Now, there is at least the added bonus of having more home games than you do away games. And remember, the entire time, once January hit, all we discussed was how many away games that the Hornets were going to play. So maybe at home, against some of the easier competition that they have heading to the Spectrum Center, maybe that's something that can get their playoff chances right back on track. We're going to take another quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some of the top 100 quotes in the NBA this season. There's some good ones. Thanks to Alex Wong of Yahoo Sports. It's Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down today. Nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. want to give a shout out to Gittimer.com Studios in Uptown Charlotte, where we usually record the Lockdown Hornets podcast. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. So I've jotted down a couple of my favorite NBA quotes from this season, have a hundred of them. Alex Wong has a top 100 quotes from the first half of the NBA season article. Again, puts them on Yahoo, and it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> I've picked out a couple that I have. You should go check it out. But I've got, I think I've picked out like four or five. And so one pertains to All-Star Weekend. It just happened. Just happened this weekend. It's, quote, 
I'll let you go watch the J. Cole concert if you all get your ass back on transition. That's from Mike Malone to Team LeBron at All-Star Weekend. That would be good enough motivation for me. Getting to see the J. Cole concert was awesome. Forget what Nada says, man. I'm a fan of J. Cole. Doesn't mean that he's the best of all time. But J. Cole's good. The jacket was good enough to just go see the performance alone. God, that jacket. We saw a lot of Hornet starter jackets that are extremely famous. But that jacket had everybody in awe. A lot of people were tweeting about it that weren't even Charlotte Hornets fans. They know the purple and teal. You get that classic Hugo look. It's like angry Hugo, but it's kind of cutesy angry Hugo. That logo is awesome. And for J. Cole to rock that jacket as he's doing the halftime show brought out a lot of classics. I had a blast watching J. Cole be a part of that concert. So that would absolutely work on me to get my ass back in transition defense, as Mike Malone from the Denver Nuggets would say. Another quote that I picked out that I thought was great, we're not there yet, but pretty soon, little black kids in the hood will be wearing his jersey. That's Charles Barkley on Luka Doncic. Saw a lot of Luka Doncic jerseys over here for All-Star Weekend. More than I thought we'd see. Charles Barkley just keeping it real as possible. It was Charles Barkley's birthday, I believe, yesterday or two days ago. A belated happy birthday from the Locked On podcast and one of my favorite quotes from this NBA season. Another one, I used to enjoy a 40-ounce once in a while, back in the day, in a brown paper bag. Remember those? That's Jack Armstrong to Matt Devlin, play-by-play on the Raptors broadcast. Just fantastic. I'm sure we all remember the 40 drinking days. I'm sure we, we at least have some type of experience in that. I always went Old English. It's not like you're picking really a good 40, but I did go Old English. Cobra was awful. I couldn't take King Cobra. And there were some times I may or may not have ever played Edward 40 hands in my life. But I'll tell you this, if I did play it, I only played it once because that's the only time you ever really want to play it. It's a brutal game, at least so I hear from my friends, certainly not from my own experience. All right, another one that we have is, I've been blessed with the talent to not give a bleep. Everybody knows this one. This is Russell Westbrook talking about all the criticism that he gets for padding his stats, trying to go for the triple-double. I just thought that was a great quote from Russell Westbrook. It sets a tone on people who talk about him all season long. I think that was a fantastic one. So we bring that into some of my favorite quotes from this season, at least that are listed here. And another one from not his boy, Martin Rickman of Dime Magazine, a fantastic tweet. Quote, Zion Williamson's NBA comparison is a bear on roller skates with nunchucks. I can't say it any better. There's no other comparison that I could have for you. People try to go Sean Kemp. People try to go with some other rotund athletic basketball player. A Charles Barkley has been compared to Zion Williamson. Martin Rickman just gave you the perfect example. It is a bear on roller skates with nunchucks. And that's how I will remember Zion Williamson's college basketball comparison. By the way, I hope he gets better. Crazy what we saw. Ain't nobody going to be wearing the PGs. I can guarantee you that after what they saw from Zion. Busting through that shoe in the game against North Carolina just 30 seconds in. All of us lost last night watching Zion Williamson go through that injury. Certainly Zion did. You hope that he's okay. It looks like it's just a mild sprain, as was described by Coach Shashevsky. You're hoping that he's okay. It certainly looks like it. And we'll see if he goes and plays once again 
for the Duke Blue Devils in his freshman season or if he shuts it down and gets ready to be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. Either way, it's his decision, and I'm here for it. I certainly want to see that guy play some more basketball. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. I'll be back with you once again tomorrow.